Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my property mastermind mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 206 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to talk about how you can acquire your very first investment property. Now, let me start by saying your first property is always the hardest, and I promise you it gets easier after the first one. Going through the process for the very first time can be daunting and also a big learning curve. You've got to think about finding the right property. You've got to get your deposit sorted out, arrange a mortgage, and overcome the fear of all the things that could possibly go wrong. So I want to give you a few different suggestions which might make the first property easier for you. And I'm doing this because I often meet people who tell me they almost got into property, but they didn't because they didn't know what to do and they didn't have anyone to guide them. Now, I'm going to talk about people who already own their own home and want to get their first property. But before I do that, I want to give you some ideas if you don't have your own home yet and you're still renting. What you need to think about when you eventually buy your own home, your first property, is that the property you buy is probably not going to be your only home. These days, People often have to relocate due to work, relationship changes, etc. So I strongly recommend when you think about buying your first property for you to live in, you find somewhere that not only meets your requirements now, but also when you eventually move on, will be suitable to turn into an investment property. And that's what I did. And I'll tell you about that later. Now, This is how many people become what we call accidental landlords. Sometimes they have their home and they need to move and they want to sell the property, but they can't sell it. So they end up keeping it and renting it out. Now, this is exactly what I did, but it wasn't actually an accident. It was by design. I met my very first landlord when I was a student and he was a very wealthy guy. And I thought, wow, this is interesting. I want to have some rental properties in the future. So when I purchased my first property, it was in a student area where I'd been living before. So I knew I'd be able to rent it out to students when I eventually move on. So one big tip here is I suggest when you buy your very first property, you buy the biggest house you can possibly afford. Now, obviously, it's very important to make sure you can afford to live there because you need to pay the mortgage. If you don't pay the mortgage, you'll get repossessed. That's very, very important. However, remember, if you have a bigger property than you need, you could rent out some of the spare rooms to what are called lodgers. So the people who are living in your house, you're a living landlord and other people living there. And the rent that they pay you, you can use to help pay your mortgage. Now, this is totally legal to do. In fact, the government actually encourage it and incentivize people to rent out rooms in their homes because there is an accommodation shortage. So there's a government incentive called a rent a room scheme where actually you can rent out rooms in your property and you can make, I think, currently seven and a half thousand pounds completely tax free. Now, that is a big contribution towards current the cost of your mortgage. So what I did, I wanted to buy a property in the student area. It was very close to where I was working at Cadbury's and I bought a house that was big enough for me to live in and two of my friends. And I rented out the two rooms and the rental income that they paid me pretty much covered the cost of the mortgage and also the bill. So I was kind of living for free. 
And then I was able to save lots of my salary and had a part-time business running student nightclub events that helped me build up enough deposit to eventually go and buy my second house. I moved into that with my friends. It was closer to my work at Cadbury's and I kept the first one and I turned it into a student HMO, which has been ever since 1998. So this is exactly what I did and I think it's a really good way to get started. Now, obviously, if you move out of your own home, which has got a residential mortgage, you need to change that into a, an investment buy-to-let mortgage. But the property you go and buy, because it's going to be your own home, you need a lower deposit than you'd put into an investment. And also you get a better mortgage rate as well. So if you own somewhere, rather than thinking about, okay, do I need to go and buy somewhere else as an investment, put 25% and get a mortgage, maybe you move out of where you are currently, turn that into an investment property, and then you need less money to buy your next property, which is your home. Now, when you're looking for a property to buy to rent out, if you're worried about, is there going to be enough rental demand in this area? Am I going to be able to rent it out? Am I going to be able to find tenants? What you could do is go and buy a property that is already an investment property. So someone else has been renting out for many, many years. That will kind of help allay the fears about being able to find tenants. Now, of course, you want to make sure you do your due diligence on that property. Make sure things like the room sizes are, are big enough because changing regulations and things. So most people, when they have a home and they want to move to the next one, they think they need to sell that property in order to give them the deposit for the next one. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And actually, if you think about it, when you move out of your home, do you have to buy another property? Maybe you could rent another property. And particularly if you're moving to a new area, rather than buying somewhere, you might not buy the best area why not rent for a number of years, work out where you want to buy and really get to know the area, then you can eventually buy. Or even better than just renting, maybe you can secure a purchase lease option on a property and you become what's called a tenant buyer. So effectively you move in, you rent a property from someone, but you've also got the right to buy that property at some time in the future. Many of my mastermind students have done this when they've wanted to upgrade from where they live now to a bigger property. I'm thinking about one of my students, Layla. She lived in Ashford in the town centre and she really wanted her kids to come up, be brought up in the countryside. So she found a property that was for rent and also for sale in the countryside, bigger than where she was living. She negotiated on the rent. She turned it into a lease option as well. So she moved into the property. She's living in a bigger property than she was living in Ashford Town Centre and a better environment because you're in the countryside for her kids. She then turned what was her home into an HMO that she rents out. And she now makes an extra £1,800 per month by renting out what was her home um, over and above what it costed to live there before. So she's living in a bigger, better house and she's getting more cash in her pocket every single month. So that's a really good way of thinking about turning your home into an investment property. And finally, I want to share another idea, which is very often I hear people who inherit a property and maybe they're not the only beneficiary. Maybe they've got to split the, the revenue with their siblings 
And people think they have to sell that property because maybe one of the siblings wants their money. They think I've got to sell the property in order for the money to be shared out. And then you might get some money from that and you can use that money to go and buy another property. Well, instead of having to do that, instead of having to go and find and buy another property, maybe the property that's been inherited once it's been renovated, because normally inherited properties are a little bit tired. They need new kitchens and bathrooms and things to bring them up to modern renting standards. But maybe you could rent that property out rather than selling it and using the money to go and buy another property. Now, you might think, yeah, but I need to pay out my siblings. So when you take on an inherited property, you could refinance it as an investment property. And that gives you some of the money to actually do it up in the first place. And some of the cash you get, you could give that to your siblings. So if your siblings don't want to hold on to the property, they don't want to be landlords, they can get money from the sale of the property, from, from the refinancing of the property, and you actually hold on to the property and rent it out. So again, this is a, I meet so many people who say, oh, I inherited a property and, and we had to sell it because my siblings wanted the money, but I wish I could have held on to it. This is a way you can actually do it. And so what I'm trying to suggest is rather than going out looking for a new property for you to rent out, maybe one you've inherited, maybe one you live in at the moment, maybe that might be suitable. Now, there's also a possibility that where you've been living or an inherited property isn't suitable to rent out, maybe it doesn't really stack up, in which case maybe selling those properties and using the money from the sale to then go and buy a better investment property might be the ideal way to move forward. I just wanted to share with you a couple of different ideas to stimulate your thinking. There's so much to think about when you get into investment property and very often people overanalyze it, they worry about all the things that could go wrong, that they never actually take that leap of faith and get that first property. And that's a big mistake because investing in property is the best way to not only create income for yourself, but also create a legacy and true generational wealth to hand on to future descendants. So investing in property, learning how to do it, taking the courage, getting out there, taking action um, is something you definitely want to be doing. And remember, you don't always need to buy property. You can pick it up on a purchase lease option. And particularly in the current market where prices are coming down, there are more and more motivated sellers. Sellers might be more open to the idea of doing something like a purchase lease option. So we actually have some training all about purchase lease options and lots of free videos as well. And there's going to be a link in the show notes that you can click on to come and learn about options, which are a perfect tool to be using in the current market conditions. So look for the link in the show notes for that. Come and join me on that live training and watch all the free videos we've created around purchase these options. Until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn You can follow me on social media and I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.